long, long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, you were listening to the SNES Podcast, starring Greg Pollander. Guest starring today, me, Tim Van Ontriv from Star Wars Nerds Unite, on the Retro Junkies Network, coming at ya. Hello, welcome to the Super NES Podcast. This is episode number 12. Uh, this is your usual uh, host of the uh, host of the podcast, Greg. Um, we are going to be talking about, in this podcast, three games. Yes, you heard it right. Three games for the price of one. Uh, we're going to be covering, in, in, the, in this podcast, the three Star Wars games that were published for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, Super Star Wars, Super Empire Strikes Back, and Super Return of the Jedi. Published 1992, 1993, and 1994 uh, for the system. And I'm joined today by a very appropriate guest host to talk about to talk about Star Wars games, uh, one of the co-hosts of the Star Wars Nerds Unite podcast, and he, and he also does another podcast, uh, Comic Nerds Unite. Um, I'm very pleased today to be joined uh, by Tim 
I should have asked you asked you before that how you pronounce your last name, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. It's Van Autriv. Tim Van Autriv. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's great to have you on the podcast with me, Tim. Oh, it's a super pleasure. I well, you notice I use the word super. I'm going to put super <laughs> as an adjective in front of just about everything in honor of the Super NES. Um, podcast that we're doing here today so yeah thank you very much for having me on i'm i'm honored thank well, you but if i could do this uh during that uh during that time period there are a lot of games that would call it super um like you know, you know super castlevania 4 um like you know like um uh, like super off-road um uh, numerous other games had super in the name so it's appropriate yeah definitely super mario world yep of course super but, metroid <laughs> yep so talking about the Super NES, uh, what's your what's your experience and background like of the system? Did you have one as a kid growing up? Did you get one later on? Yes, I did, and uh, my memory of it isn't that good as far as how we got it. But uh, we we had a, a regular NES uh, that we had gotten for Christmas one year, and I played the heck out of that. And then we got the Super Nintendo, and it was amazing. <laughs> Super Mario World blew my mind. Yes. Uh, along with the rest of the games that we played. F-Zero, that was mm. pretty sweet. Awesome game. Uh, oh, it was, yes. So there are so many great games on there. Uh, Pilot Wings, I don't know. I'm, everybody knows what games there are, but uh, that was my exposure is just playing as a kid, and, and I played way, way too much. <laughs> uh, Final Fantasy 2 and Final Fantasy 3. And, yep. Um, uh, yeah, so that's my background. <laughs> just like everybody else, I got it for Christmas and, and played it a lot. Do you I know... Am, I, I will say I am not a retro, not I wouldn't classify myself as a retro gamer. I started listening to the two dudes in a, I'll say it this way just for them, two dudes <laughs> in a mess uh, podcast, and I got, I started to kind of get back into mm. these older consoles. I only own now a regular NES. Um, I don't actually own any of the other systems as of yet. So I'm I'm working on that and slowly getting into it, but I'm I'm not a retro gamer and I don't speak the language. <laughs> well, as I said before numerous times in the podcast, I don't have any retro systems myself either uh, because I play exclusively like through emulation these days. Um, nice. I do have a I do have a regular NES and Super NES controller which I a controller which I use my game playing uh, via like a USB connector. Um, but yeah, emulation I just emulation has so many has so many advantages. Uh, like to play in the classic games, like save states, like enough said. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Instead of leaving your Nintendo on all night, hoping that the power didn't flicker. Yes, and believe me, with how difficult these games are, save states are a godsend. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely. Uh, do you remember what year you got your system? You, you said it was Christmas. Was it like ninety one? I honestly don't know. Okay. I know we got it very soon after it came out. I, I don't know if we got it the first Christmas after or the second. Probably the 91 by 92 then. Okay, yeah, because I got mine for Christmas 91. I got mine. But, uh, okay, yeah, uh, that sounds great. Um, so, uh, like, so you were a Star Wars fan like, even back then as a kid, or was it more of a recent fascination? Oh, no, my Star Wars love came way back mm. when I was young, and it was, uh, you know, I didn't, I don't know. Star Wars was almost um, a natural evolution of my childhood. It was just mm. kind of part of it, and it grew and grew and snowballed. Uh, I would watch it on the Sunday matinees when they had, uh, you know, all the Star Wars movies. They were showing them on Fox or whatever channel they were on. And my mom actually liked Star Wars. 
and and I think my dad did. I don't really remember that too much, but they would they would encourage it, and you know I'd get the the bed sheets, and I, I wasn't too into the toys or anything. But then uh, the X Wing Rogue Squadron books came out, and, and I in sixth grade I remember I got the book at Kroger. Um, do you guys have Kroger? Uh, no, but I've heard of it. Like the southern, okay. well, like, yeah, like it's, southern grocery chain. Well, I guess everything would be southern to you, you <laughs> northerners. But uh, yeah, yeah, Kroger is just a grocery store chain, and we. I carried it around with me, fearing being beat up, uh, because <laughs> back then being a nerd wasn't acceptable like it is now. Being mm-hmm. a nerd, everybody does it. We've got the comic book movies on the screen and yada yada. But I got made fun of relentlessly for made, for carrying this book around and reading it. But I did it anyway and read it and loved it. X-wing Rogue Squadron, um, and then I just kept reading the books and then I started playing the card game and then it just it went crazy from there. So junior high, I'd say, is when it really kicked in. Mm. But before that, it was just the movies. Right. Well, we were going to be probably nerding out big time in this podcast because I'm also like a huge Star Wars fan. Um, I have a huge love of science fiction, uh, fiction which I've had from early stepped ahead from an early day. Um, you know, not just like Star Wars. Like also, like also, I really love. Play. Also, I really love Star Trek. Also, uh, and in the last several years, uh, last several years, several years, I've also become a huge uh, Doctor Who fan. So, uh, all three of those, like all three of those series, are like great series, like in my mind. Uh, I'd be very hard pressed to pick, like very hard pressed to pick, like one favorite, uh, one favorite, like of those three. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, Star Wars. This is definitely like a great time to be a Star Wars fan. Like the movie's coming out pretty soon, like and everything. So. It's a great time to be a nerd. Yes, that too. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Uh, um, so, did you have these three games uh, back when they were new for the system, or did you get them like more recently? The only one that I had was uh, Super Star Wars, the mm-hmm. original one, and I played that game quite a bit. And I was not ever able to beat it. It's so, tough. Uh, yeah, these are these are hard platform games. <laughs> yeah, and I. Uh, I don't think I was good at video games. I mean, like, I used to think I was pretty good because I was better than a lot of my friends. Uh, but now that I look back and I see some other people playing and I hear about these people that have beat these games that I couldn't even, like, I couldn't get past the second level on, you mm-hmm. know, like that uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, the original oh, one. Oh, yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, games like that and, and this, the fact that you were able to beat this seems like, man, back then it was... <laughs> It was like the Holy Grail was being able to beat this game, and I never did it. Well, there's a number of factors that go into that. Uh, age, I think, has a big difference on it because, like you know, I was I was a um, uh, let's see, I was about 16, 17, uh, uh, like uh, 18, like when the, like these games came out. So like so like so I think that by I think that by the uh, um. Um, I think that by the time that you become a teenager, uh, your reflexes and your eye-hand coordination are sharpened and, and skilled enough to the point where you're able to have easier time on games than compared to compared to like when you're younger. So I think age makes a huge difference on it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I was only maybe 11 or 12-ish when, when this game mm-hmm. came out. Uh, there's a bunch of other factors too. Just like you know, like um, patience. I think I, I think has a lot to do with it. Um, just the uh, just the time frame uh, that these games came out. I mean, like back in the day, back in the 80s and 90s, uh, you played the hell out of games because, because chances are as a kid, this is all you had to play. So yes. like, you, 
Uh, so you, like, you were more likely to invest a, to invest a lot more time and effort into a game, but even it wasn't a great game because you didn't have the money to go out there and like get new games. There wasn't like the flood of games then like there is now. You just right. simply were happy with what you had. Like nowadays, like nowadays, uh, I have literally have a backlog of hundreds of games on like Steam and GOG and other places that that if that game doesn't grab me in like ten minutes, I'm probably not gonna like, try it again. Because right. just like you know, I'm I'm too busy as an adult, and there's too many other great games to, to play and check out. That um, you were like, you were more willing to invest time in games back then. I thought I think. Um, oh uh, yeah, absolutely. You had way less options. I mean, mm -hmm. now we all you have to do is turn on Netflix, and you have every option in the world. You know, and back then, who would you have killed to have Netflix? <laughs> uh, or yep, everyone is the answer. <laughs> Or something like YouTube, or something like Game of <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the internet to look stuff up. I right. Mean, a YouTube video that showed me how to beat certain areas would have made all the difference mm. in the world and in, in playability. Right. Exactly. So yeah, um, yeah. I never, uh, I never had these games as a kid, uh, uh, as a kid, as a teenager. Um, I did like either rent or borrow them a lot because I was always a big Star Wars fan. There were a bunch of Star Wars games I already had played. Um, like and everything, so I was able to beat all. I was able to beat all three of these games, but it was a challenge. It took a lot of effort, uh, a lot of patience, like a lot of time. Uh, I remember. I remember, in fact, finishing Super Return of the Jedi at a friend's house because he said he was stuck. He was stuck in the, on last, like last boss battles of the game. Uh, and those are some pretty like tough, like tough boss battles. So it took, like it took a while, like to power through them. So uh, well, that's that's something. I mean, that's something you write home about. Being able to beat Super Return of the Jedi because that game's hard. The hardest of the yeah, the hardest of the three, I think. But we're just saying oh, something. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, it, you know, it's you can't say I beat Halo and anybody you know raise an eyebrow because all these these new games these these young whippersnappers have <laughs> they make them so easy. And, you know, you don't have to work for it. Well, it depends upon the game. I mean, like you know. Like, like, do you play something like, like, do you play something, like, do you play something like, for example, like one of the Mass Effects or Dragon Age at a, just like the highest difficulty level? It's like so a challenge. Um, yes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but yeah, uh, this is uh, uh, these games are perfect examples. I think of like are perfect examples of, of like you know classic, old school, tough, uh, run and jump platform games that you really don't see anymore these days. Uh, and these are really, and these are really the, and these are really the uh, the pinnacle, uh, uh, pinnacle. I think like a well done, well designed, uh, very challenging uh, uh, video games, and also and also very faithful to the movie material. Also, uh, which is something that not which which is something that a lot of uh, uh, video game tie into movies did not do very well. Uh, basically, anything from LGN. I'm looking at you, but. <laughs> um, so yeah, these are these. So yeah, these definitely like definitely like fun, like fun, very fun, like very well done games, and they feel a lot like Star Wars games, which a lot of other Star Wars games were really only Star Wars games in name only. So yeah, they they definitely feel like Star Wars games, and they do the during the gameplay. I mean, they pick a lot of moments, and then they kind of embellish them, like when um, you know in Super Star Wars, Luke is is going to get uh, C-3PO and R2-D2 instead of purchasing them from the the uh, Jawas. They're actually, he's he's blasting mm -hmm. his way into a sand crawler right. in order to rescue them. So 
you, you know, there's certain things that obviously are different, but all the, the little cutscenes, mm -hmm. they do the static images with the scrolling text that goes across. Um, those are definitely faithful. But they, yes. I was kind of interested in how they were able to take the story and kind of simplify it, buy it down just to a few of these cutscenes, because mm. that's really what it comes down to. There's no real story in the actual levels where you're jumping around. There's just kind of the scene. Mm -hmm. Right. You, know, you have the scene of the Death Star, the scene of the the Tatooine desert, um, and then from there, the rest of it's just told with those those splash pages. Mm. Which is a common like modus operandi like for platform games like the 8-bit and 16-bit era. I mean, I mean, uh, there wouldn't be any st actual story or anything during the game itself except for those cutscenes. Uh, you know, played the should have played that game between levels. So, but uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit briefly about the whole Star Wars games on uh, the Star Wars games and the franchise, the franchise as a whole, like in very rough terms because they uh, um, I was not. I think honestly, as a teenager, I was a teenager. I was a, like a little surprised that these games like even came out because uh, during the during this time period, during the early to mid '90s, uh, Star Wars was kind of like in a lull. I mean, like you know, Star Wars, uh, like many other long long running franchises, had a, had a series of ups and downs, of course. Um, and and obviously, and obviously, you see a whole bunch of interest uh, spike spike during some of the movies are coming out, such as like books and games, that kind of stuff. So. Um, there wasn't anything really going on during the early to mid '90s, uh, as far as like official Star Wars stuff. The prequels were still like were still like years, years in the future as far as like design work and everything. So um, I was a little surprised that these games came out or came out even for the system. But I was very pleasantly surprised when I actually like did play them. Uh, like anybody listening to this, uh, there is a there is a great podcast done by uh, done by uh, Rob Flack O'Hara uh, who does the like it does the like you don't know Flack uh, podcast. He's also a huge Star Wars fan. He's done a number of podcasts dedicated about Star Wars topics. He did a podcast about six months ago, I think, where I think we did a great summary of uh, like of all the Star Wars games like over the years, like the very earliest ones, like up to the most current ones. So like like if you like a very good summary of the Star Wars games and some of his impressions about them, check out that podcast. Like it's worth uh, I highly worth listening to. Um, so sounds uh, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, I would not rank these as my top five Star Wars games, but they are up there like pretty high. Um, do you have a lot of experience playing most of the Star Wars games? My my gaming is much diminished now that I'm older and I have like eight million children and a real <laughs> job and two podcasts and I'm just busy. So I don't have a lot of time to game on a console. Mm. I still own a 360, but I haven't turned it on in like mm. two years. Right. Um, but I have played a lot of Star Wars games when I was in high school and kind of in my early 20s. My, my game choice for Star Wars is Star Wars Galaxies, which was... Did you, did you play that? Uh, that was the original, the original, the original MMORPG, uh, right? Yes, it yeah. was the original MMO. Okay. It was amazing. Hmm. The world was just so full. It hmm. couldn't be more Star Wars. Right. I mean, if there was anything negative to say about it, it was that there was so much you could do because you could do literally anything hmm. uh, that it could be kind of boring because it was slow. Right. So everything kind of took a while to do. But, man, we were we were in the beta. Yeah. Me and Josh Mason from Star Wars Nerds Unite. That game, that game something to write home about. Yeah, I heard that was a good game. I never had a chance 
just like a chance to check that out. Uh, I do have a character on the newer game, uh, Star Wars... Uh, Star Wars: The Republic, which I play every now and then, which is pretty fun. That's a pretty good like game, also. Um, but I really have, uh, but I really didn't have a chance chance to check out Galaxies like when it was out. So uh, yeah, I think some of my other favorite Star Wars games uh, would probably be uh, the classic, you know, the classic like Atari uh, like arcade game Star Wars, uh, the Vector game from 1980, uh, 1983, I think. Uh, that's a great game. Uh, was that the one with the... Because I played a Star Wars, like, arcade game that you kind of sat in and it had the... You were doing the trench run on the Death Star? Yes, this is the original Vector one, like, like you know, like, uh, back in the 80s with, like, voices, like, the movies, things like that. Uh, yeah. There was a newer game that also featured... There was newer, there was newer arcade game that also featured that. Uh, the, the also excellent uh, Star Wars, like, Star Wars arcade trilogy from Sega. That came out. That came out back in. 19, that came out back in 1999. That game. That that game had scenes from all three movies. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, but if you ever go to an arcade and have a chance to chance to never chance ever have a chance to a chance to play that play that one, check it out. Um, I definitely want to play the newest Star Wars like Star Wars game, a Star Wars Battle Pod, uh, which which came out in like arcade short time ago. My local Dave Buster's has one. I just haven't had a chance to get out there and check it out yet. What is it? Uh, it's a it's a uh, it's a it's like a sit down game where like you would like sit in like in a battle pod basically and and, and you're like you're, um, it's kind of like a um, it's kind of like you know, like a so it's kind of like a so it's kind of like an on the rail shooter um, not really connected to newer movies just kind of like you know, like a general like Star Wars game. Okay. Um, I also really enjoyed a lot uh, Star Wars: uh, Knights of the Republic. Uh, which is the combination of like you know action the like action role playing game from Bioware that came out for the computers and consoles. You know, I I tried to get into that game and I never could. Mm-hmm. I kept trying to play it and I just the controls in it felt so jerky and it was this weird mix of real time and real time strategy, like mm-hmm. where it kept stopping and you had to pick your turn one thing at a time. I don't know. It was yeah. weird. You had a very like you know like D and D feel also to it, uh, like you know, a great game I thought because like the story and the gameplay and everything. Um, but yeah, during this time period that these that the, during these time periods these Super NES games came out, uh, I, 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 I was you know I was very happily playing a bunch of uh, like a bunch of brand new uh, PC Star Wars games also that came out during that came out to, during this time period. This is a time period where we saw the excellent. Uh, like Star Wars X-Wing come out, uh, which is a classic flight simulator game, just excellent game. It's so awesome. Uh, and then they also like released Tie Fighter after the uh, after that, uh, which flipped the roads around. Just, like you get to play for like the, um, you get to, like, um, you get to play as a pilot, uh, like the Empire instead. Yeah, we we used to play that. I guess I played that before I would have played these SNES games. Mm-hmm. I played them with my friend. Uh, John on his computer because he had one that was good enough to play it. Mm-hmm. So we would always play those. And X Wing versus Tie Fighter. Yep, yep, that was the multiplayer yeah. one. Oh man, they were amazing. Like flying, flying the whole series finished up with flying the whole flying the whole series like finished up with X Wing Alliance, which uh, had you play as like a mercenary pile who a mercenary pile that could join the rebels instead. And they uh, and then they cultivated in a flying that game cultivated like an awesome like an awesome like recreation like the Battle of Endor. Uh, with the, like that game was very, 
Like that game, so like that game was extremely, extremely like well done, like whole, like whole blast to play. Um, they also came out during this time period, the time period, uh, time period, like consoles, uh, with the like with the um, uh, like the rail shooters. Um, what do you what do you mean? I'm sorry, I'm such a new to <laughs> gaming terms and stuff. What do you mean by rail shooter? Sorry, uh, a rail shooter is a game where like you're, like you're flying a ship. But as opposed, to like X-wing, we have like we have like we have like absolute fly, uh, complete control like over the ship. Um, you're actually you're actually on rails, like you don't move okay. the ship yeah, around yeah. all that much. Like are doing like are pretty much doing like a shooting, uh, like shooting like and steering a little bit. So okay, like you don't need to like worry about like actually like flying the ship. You're about flying the ship. Like you're just like you're just focusing, like you're just focusing like upon shooting. Uh, yeah, like Rebel Assault One and Two came out with the computer around this time period, also like in the early mid '90s, and it was like very, very fun rail shooters, also. But um, yeah, so um, um, I also like also like I also had played and enjoyed a lot uh, the earlier NES games. They came out with two, they came out with two, with two out of three movies movies turned into NES games, also uh, Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. Uh, and Super Star Wars, Super Empire Strikes Back are, are really just a really just enhanced versions of those two games, um, uh, like in many ways. Uh, I'm not sure if you're, but, but I'm not sure Tim, if you've ever had a chance to play, if you ever had a chance, if you ever had a chance to play those games. No, I have not okay. played those. Yeah, uh, these games, these games are really a lot similar to those NES earlier games. Uh, obviously, obviously they've been upgraded with like better graphics, voices, uh, music, music, that kind of stuff. But they, um, I, I, they never made Return of the Jedi game for the NES. I'm not really sure why. They only made the first two games, and that was it. So I always thought that's kind of strange. So kudos to them for at least finishing, for at least finishing the trilogy like on the system this time. So <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, Super Star Wars came out for the uh, Super NES in North America in June of 1992. It was followed exactly a year later in 1993 by uh, uh, by Empire Strikes Back, and again exactly a year later, uh, uh, June, uh, June June 1994 by Turn of the Jedi. Uh, they came out a little bit later uh, after that, just like in Japan and Europe. Uh, all three games are developed by Sculpture Software. Uh, so all three games use the same engine, the, the, the engine, like, and they all look and feel very similar to one another. There are some, there are some specific changes and upgrades that they made that they made each game, and we'll talk about that like here in a little bit. Uh, they were published by JVC uh, for uh, originally for the consoles, uh, consoles, like, and later on the games are they get later on the games are reprinted and re-released again. Uh, by THQ. It's strange JVC got the rights to the console games back then, back then during this time period because JVC is like a is, is like a VCR and TV company. It's like I don't understand how they got into the game business. Uh, I, I thought um, I thought it was very very weird that JVC was publishing games and as far and they only publish a few games. Uh, they're best known for Star Wars games, so it's like very weird all around. Uh, LucasArts always done some very strange decisions with, like, you know, deciding who gets to make their games and whatnot. So, just strange. Yeah, that's. You definitely don't normally get your video games made by uh, the people that made your television. <laughs> well, I guess that's not true. Sony, right? Sony makes TVs. Yeah, make... nowadays. Yep. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, all three of these games are, are basically as are basically like basically like we said earlier, uh, running gun platform games where you control like a, a character and moving around uh, in various stages. Most of the stages are side scrolling stages. Uh, there are some 
Uh, there are also some. Uh, uh, there are also there are also some what I'll call like a uh, vehicle stages where like you know actually piloting piloting a craft of some kind and the viewpoint shifts to behind the craft at that point right like like get to uh, like we get like to move the game around and whatnot. Um, the last game, Turn the, the last game, Turn the Jedi, was also ported to the uh, Game Boy and Game Gear, but those versions of War Down compared to the original uh, Super NES versions. And all three of these games are also available right now for play on the Virtual Console, uh, where you can do what I just do and, and just emulate the games, which, considering how difficult they are, is definitely something I recommend if you're a first timer of these games because these are tough games. Uh, I'm good at platform games, I think. Uh, I don't like to brag, but I do think I'm a pretty good gamer. But even these games are extremely difficult. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, I probably would say that they're probably up there at around like a 7 to 8 as far as difficulty goes. Yeah, they're, they're very tough. I, I played them all again in uh, anticipation of this podcast and got too frustrated with Return of the Jedi. Empire got a little further in, but those, those vehicle mode, it starts mm. out in a vehicle mode. Yes. Which is, that was really obnoxious to me. But... Star the Star Wars one I got the furthest in. Right, yeah, we're gonna talk about this a little bit more like in depth later on, but I think, uh, but I'll just say right now, I think overall, uh, the the vehicle the vehicle stages are probably the weakest points of the game, uh, like for several reasons. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, all three of the games, each game got more difficult than the other one too. I thought. Uh, also, Star Wars is definitely the easiest of the three, which is not saying anything really. So. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I feel like they had to make them a little bit harder, each one of them, to try to keep people that liked the previous games interested, because otherwise you're kind of just playing the exact same game over. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, but, you know, all three of these games were very well received and very well reviewed uh, by most people in magazines and critics and whatnot uh, back when they came out like 20 years ago. So, um, I don't know, are these games... Uh, these days, kind of seem like you know, like forgotten games. I think I think most people, unless you're, I, I think most people, unless you're either like a big Star Wars fan or the like a big platform fan, uh, have probably like, you probably like forgotten these games. But you, but you know, everybody was very impressed by these games before they first came out because, for reasons we already talked about, um, they're extremely well done. They're very challenging. Uh, the music is great. Uh, the sound effects are, the, the sound effects are extremely good. Uh, the gameplay's varied. Uh, the character designs is just very well done, and the games really and the games really capture the feel of the movies. I thought better than some other a lot of other movie tying games did. They really they they really seem like they could be like part of the uh, part of the trilogy, um, with some of the stages and things, of course, being expanded upon, expanded added upon to make it flow better from a game perspective. Like you already mentioned the fact how in, in the original games, Star Wars, uh, uh, how Luke has to acquire the droids in the game visit this the movie. So, uh, but, but you know, I really thought they did a very good job of fleshing the games, fleshing the games out to kind of like expand them uh, to kind of set, kind of make these playable because basically you don't, because basically, so you don't want to port the game straight, straight over the straight over like in the movie um, that that really wouldn't flow very well as far as the gameplay perspective go. I thought Tomcat Software did a very great job as far as they like, actually making these like playable games while still capturing the heart and essence like the movies. Um, so let's talk a little bit about like each game specifically here. Uh, Star Wars. Um, 
you basically uh, are basically follow the like following the major events like the movie. Uh, I'm going to assume you've at least seen the movie. Uh, if like seen the movie, uh, for everybody out there listening to the podcast, I'm not going to go into any major details about that here. Um, like if not, you, sorry, you don't want to you don't want to drop any spoilers. <laughs> well, if you're living under a rock for this long, I can't really do anything to help you out. Just for the for my point, so. Um, <laughs> um, you are primarily playing uh, Luke Skywalker for like most of the game. There are certain stages. So there are certain, uh, there are certain, there are certain stages like you control either like Han Solo, uh, like a Chewbacca, uh, but they look and play very similar to like very similar to Luke. I mean, there's some slight differences between them. I noticed that uh, Han's the Han's a bit quicker with the blaster fire um, as opposed to Luke's weapons. And Chewie's a bit tougher, uh, as far as like, like as far as, as far as like as far as being able to take more damage, um, and being able to uh, a bit can be a bit like, like a bit slower to move and jump around. Uh, He's so stiff. Yes. Chewie's so stiff. <laughs> it's it's like almost uncomfortable to play him because he's so stiff. What his kind upper, of his upper torso doesn't move in any way whatsoever. He just moves his arms. It, like he doesn't bend at the waist. His legs move down at his knees, and that's it. Well, I kind of always thought of being Wookiees as kind of being like, you know, stiff, slow-moving creatures anyway, because it's, 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 it's kind of like a shock troops. Um, so, like, you know, these are the guys you don't want to, like, piss off. So, uh, I, I, the, 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 like, the limited movement really didn't bother me all that much. Oh, well, it bugged me. <laughs> <laughs> um... So uh, yeah, um, and then like then also like and also there's a couple of vehicle stages. There's also a couple of vehicle stages, stages, vehicle stages like in the game. Uh, like one stage, like one stage, like one of the stages of the game, I you get the power of the like you get the power of the land speeder, and then the last stage of the game, like also get to fly take control over next wing, uh, which you get to fly in both like a third person behind the cockpit view and also like a first person like the first person like in, a first person like in the cockpit view. For, um, to a view also. So um, I mentioned earlier how I thought these vehicle stages were sort of vehicle stages, like some of the weakest weakest areas of the games. And I really don't have too many complaints about the games overall. Uh, I thought they were all like very well designed. Like I said, like very well, like very well created. The three major knocks I have on the game is one, the insane difficulty level. To the fact that this, to two, and this applies, and this applies especially in this game. There's no password feature, so once your continues are gone, boom, that's it, you're done. So there's no way to be able to save your progress and come back to save your progress to like come back to it later on. So I'm just playing this like an emulation, like new save states. So yes, it was it was very discouraging as a child to yeah. finally get to the cantina. And die shortly after you get the ability to use Chewie for the first time. <laughs> um, and yep, and three, uh, the vehicle stages. I just don't think um, uh, it's like the time stages worked very well. I thought because mode seven, like and whatnot. But as I mentioned before in past podcasts, I don't think mode seven has aged all that well, unfortunately, uh, from the perspective of twenty years later, because it's gotten so much better with games and graphics, technology, that kind of stuff. Um, trying to play these games now, like these behind the, like these behind the viewpoint vehicles, they handle they handle very clumsily. I thought uh, it's hard to tell when when things come. It's hard to tell when things are coming up at you. The viewpoints and perspectives of things coming up at you to attack you or or what or whatnot are very disjointed. Like for example, the Tie Fighters, uh, the Tie Fighters, like toward the end of the game when you're in the next wing, they just suddenly appear on you all of a sudden, like they're massive. 
they should know where shows Tie Fighters like nowhere like nowhere near like to be that size. So, yeah, there'd be some kind of perspective coming up to you. Right. Uh, the camera angle is clumsy. It doesn't really work all that well. Um, and in the second game, uh, for the second game, like Empire Strikes Back, um, the vehicle stage, one of the vehicle stages of that game, like when you're piloting the Millennium Falcon and you're trying to approach Cloud City, there's part of the game where like you can either fly above the clouds, like below the clouds, but that, but that line, but that line right where you get the cross over the clouds is so confusing. It's so hard to look at because you're like. Where the heck am I? Like, am I above? Like, am I below? Like, what's going on? So, um, yeah, the yeah the vehicle stages are definitely the hardest points like these games nowadays. Yeah, it is definitely a lot harder. Uh, and it, you're right; everything you're saying is correct. It's it's so hard to see everything. It almost feels like your vehicle is stationary and everything else is moving toward you. And like like you said, everything just kind of pops out of nowhere, or it's so grainy it's hard to tell what it is hmm. so yeah the graphics weren't good in those stages and it made it very hard hmm. yes definitely um but that yeah but that yeah but that major knock aside the other the, uh, the other stages of the game the platform stages i thought they were very well designed i mean like you know are they're very fun challenging stages uh most of the stages are just the right difficulty uh, i'm sorry um uh, the difficulty is always going to be high, but I think most stages. I thought most stages were were well designed, well balanced with enemies that felt appropriate, uh, whatnot. They weren't they weren't too long in most cases. Um, the music they did a great job putting the music over like in the movies. All the, the all the classic tunes are here. There's actually very little original music like in the game, uh, uh, which I actually. Which I actually like because because the soundtrack of the music, the soundtrack of the movie is so good that Super NES had such a great ability to, the ability to be able to have wonderful soundtracks with it that hearing all these wonderful 16-bit uh, chiptune renditions of the classic themes of the themes the themes in the game you play the like you play through it like was great and all the sound effects and all the sound effects carried over like the movie also like was awesome. Yeah, the music and the sound is was one of the best points of the games, all of them. Um, everything you're saying is 100% correct. The the soundtrack <clears throat> of the movies is very well captured and, and on display in these games. And one of the things that, that is so fun about these games is they take, because you spend so long in a particular scene, you get to explore the world of Star Wars in a way that you were not given in any other format at least for me as a kid because i didn't i didn't read any of the extra books or anything that were out at that time so i got to actually spend time on tatooine and i got to actually you know go to hoth and sit there and actually see you know the spikes and, and that just captured my imagination in ways that you know the movie would sort of touch on and then you get to see these extra moments in these spots in the game Right, definitely. Um, so, what do you think about the controls overall, like in the game, Tim? Did you have any problems with like, the controls? Uh, For the most <laughs> part, I would say no. the The biggest complaint I would have is just, you know, you you have basically eight points of fire, I guess. One, mm. two, three. Yeah. Five. Yeah, something yep. like that. Mm. And so, you just have those angles to hit. There's nothing in between. So typical Contra style 
you know, if it's not going to match one of those shoot points, then you're not going to hit it. So you have to kind of move around and try to hope that you can get the correct angle to hit them. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the, the beasties that would be lower than your blaster fire, you'd have to kind of like either jump and shoot down toward them, or you'd have to shoot the ground until they ran into your blaster. And I, I that's kind of annoying to me. Yeah, right. Uh, yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, and this is a point which they addressed, uh, played addressed like in the later two games, I thought, uh, with the addition of both the force powers, like on the lightsaber. Uh, that made it a lot more better, uh, like an easier and easier to deal with attacker enemies, to attack your enemies different ways, uh, different different ways from different angles. Well, with the lightsaber, they almost made it so that you had one move with the lightsaber, and that was, uh, you jump, and then the lightsaber spins around, and then you're a little lightsaber death pinwheel, hmm. and, and that's, I mean, that's your move, hmm. right? Through through a lot of the game, so. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, the enemies were. So yeah. So yeah. The enemies. The enemies in the game felt very appropriate. I mean, like you know, like you weren't seeing enemies strictly per se that you strictly per se uh, that you that you saw in the movie at like that. Like a particular point, but the enemies in the game were enemies that could have shown up uh, because those enemies like matched like matched the stage you were in. Absolutely, yeah. Right. You're on Tatooine, so yep. you see Womp Rats. You're on Hoth, so you see little, you know, cave monsters, and and uh, you know you're riding around on a Tauntaun. Um, so yeah, they definitely. I, I mean, it just goes more toward them doing a really good job of building, hmm. building the atmosphere of Star Wars. Right. They really do feel like they're in the universe and a lot of that is you know they're not just throwing stormtroopers at you in every level <laughs> repeatedly so right so yeah i mean the game does a lot of things really right uh i wish that like you pointed out they would have had save states and things but yeah there's definitely a game i highly encourage these days like playing through emulation like through save states because um i don't know the virtual console version allows like allows save states i think it does um, I, I don't actually have a Wii, so I can't really testify. Uh, I testify to that, but uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, the fact this game did not have any uh, password feature was really annoying back in the day. Uh, uh, playing this game the first time because uh, it's very it's very difficult, and you just have to, and you really have no alternative. Alternative, alternative for the game. You accept just to keep slugging through it, slugging through the game. Like I hope you get better at it. Um, because, because it's very, very challenging. Uh, the game screen is pretty much the same for all three games because these games do all use the same engine. Uh, you have a health bar, and you can like, regain uh, some of your health by your health by finding hearts. Uh, you can find some power-ups every now and then, like, for example, like detonators, like be able to blow up all the enemies on screen, uh, like, and whatnot. Um, you can't... You can't, uh, you can't mention that health bar without mentioning the fact that it is an, a lightsaber. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that, that fills up, and you can get you get lightsaber expansions. Like a yeah. lightsaber will fall on the ground, and you yep. grab it, and then your lightsaber gets longer, like Coran Horn's lightsaber. Yep. Yeah. Yes. From, from the from the Star Wars books. Yep, definitely. A very nice touch. Uh, the graphics. Uh, the, the graph, the graphics of the game, like are very, very good. I thought, uh, very good Super NES graphics. Uh, like they're bright, they're colorful. Uh, the sprites, you know, sprites like a large and detailed. Uh, the character models are a little bit off. Uh, Luke, like for example, the first game, Luke looked a bit strange. 
Um, but it's definitely recognizable. Like, as Luke, he's got his, tra- he's got his trademark outfit. Uh, yeah, and his, and his floppy, beautiful, dusty blonde hair. Right, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so there's no question denied that it's Luke. The character model is a little bit off, but definitely the graphic, the overall graphics are very well pleasing, like, very well done. Um, everything's definitely recognizable. Like, everything's clearly, clearly, clearly recognizable, like, recognizable, like, what's supposed to be, uh, like, whatnot. So, um, Um, what do you feel about the actual going through the game, uh, uh, Tim, as far as like, you know, like, uh, as far as the overall bound to the stages, did you have a lot of cheap deaths you felt, um, or did it just kind of seem like everything, everything you messed up on like your own fault? Well, I, I didn't get very far into Empire or Jedi, like very far at all. Which, Jedi, the least right. far. Um, but as far as cheap deaths go, man, that first level of Empire where you're riding <laughs> around on the on the ship and you keep running into the the pillars out of the ground and there's some mysterious holes in the ground. <laughs> I mean, I think what it's supposed to be is you're jumping around on top of plateau style, I don't know, rock formations or something. Right. Yep. And, yeah. and so you're jumping over cliffs, but it doesn't look like that. It looks mm-hmm. like i don't know anyway Mm. yes it's really you know you make the jump but then it doesn't quite jump as far as it did the time before so you fall into the cliff or Mm. you run straight into a pillar which was literally unavoidable and and there's a lot of points where you literally cannot avoid being hit like you have to just understand that you're going to take a hit and then and then hit them anyway yeah and then just accept the fact that you're going to get a heart from that person you're killing so it makes up for the fact that you just got hit and that that flies in the face of my uh training in video games that i got from mario brothers where you're supposed <laughs> to not get hit so yeah it's a little jarring for me <laughs> yeah mario's a bad example i think only because mario's pretty much pretty much the only major for pretty much pretty much pretty much the pretty much the only major game franchise i can think of that discourages that like that degree most of the games are like yeah, like we take a little bit of damage, but we manage to get uh, through this mess. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely. Uh, the controls are a little bit sloppy. They're not as tight uh, tight in these games as I thought they're uh, the, the, like I thought they are in some other platform games. Um, but they're not, they're, but they're not, but they're not loose to the point of being aggra- like of being aggravating. They're just like there's like once you get the hang of it, once you once you once you figure out how far you can jump, how far you can how far you can stand on the like the edge of a platform, uh, how far your how far your how far your guy jumps. Once you get the nuances figured out, uh, they're like able to work around the controls like pretty easily. So yeah, moving on to the second game in the series, like Empire Strikes Back, uh, they made a number of improvements like to this game, uh, like over the like. Second part of the first game, uh, but to balance it out, they also made the game like more difficult. So you win some, you lose some, I suppose. Um, <laughs> um, one of the things I thought was very nice in this game was to get the ability to double jump instead, uh, because double jumping is very helpful in this game to be able to get around some tough areas. Um, uh, uh, Luke Han and Ch- 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 like Chewbacca uh, are still are, uh, are still in the game's like still in the game's like playable characters. Uh, I thought the character select option itself like was taken out of this game, um, and this game also like allows the introduction of force powers. 
which kind of makes sense because like you know they, they, like this movie Luke was starting to develop and reuse his Jedi powers so it's reflected in this game uh, like the fact you like the fact you're able to select various powers uh, there are eight powers in the game that you can select um, and most of those powers are very nice you have like they have for example the ability to be able to uh, to block uh, to block uh, blaster shots for your lightsaber like one of the like one of the uh, powers um, and you also get power-ups later on uh, to be able to reboost your uh, power gauge for like, like to keep using the force powers um, did you have any favorite Flavor Force powers like this game, Tim? Man, I did not get this far in that <laughs> game. So <laughs> I can't speak to them. Uh, the only thing I saw was just what I saw on uh, playthroughs. Um, I watched the entire playthrough on the first Star Wars, and then I watched just some of the key battles in Empire and Jedi. Uh, so I got to see some of those Force powers in action against like Darth Vader in the Empire fight. Mm. What do you remember using the force powers back when you played this game, like originally, like as a kid? Oh man, I didn't. I well, I only really played Super Star Wars as a kid, oh, okay. so I I didn't get far enough in Empire to have a force power this time, this play around, mm. because I'm terrible at video games. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Um, okay. Um, and the uh, and finally, like finally, like finally, the last change that they made, the, the, the finally the last change that they made for this game, as you like mentioned upon earlier, was the addition of a password feature. Thank God. So uh, you at least have the ability, at least have the ability, like to be able to go back. Um, we didn't talk about boss fights, uh, uh, like originally. Uh, the boss fights in Star Wars, I thought, were pretty difficult, but they really cranked up the difficulty of the boss fights fighting this game. Uh, I thought, um, particularly, particularly in this, particularly in this game, the boss fights. Are very challenging because because the enemies have a lot of hits. Um, they can take a lot of damage, and you really have to learn the patterns down to be able to actually beat them. Uh, it's just it's just like you know, and, and even the first boss fight, like in this game, uh, uh, like when we were on a uh, hoth and going up against the Wampa, just uh, just 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 even the first boss fights like real pain. Uh, the, the the boss fights have definitely become even more so than in the first game have really become a very like a very difficult challenging set uh, a set piece like as far as the game goes. Yes, yeah, that the Darth Vader and the Emperor fights looked really tough, uh, <laughs> and they just they had these health uh, bars that were just incredibly huge. I think the Darth Vader fight was like ten minutes long, mm. um, at least in the walkthrough or the playthrough that I saw. The the boss fights that I would run into in the Super Star Wars, they didn't really seem that tough. I mean, the bosses had a big, long heart thing. Hmm. Again, you expect to get hit, and you just kind of avoid, you know, what's at you with... The patterns are looser than, I think, a lot of games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At least, at least that was my impression of them. Uh, so they didn't follow the same pattern every time, but you just kind of worked around it and improvised and you were able to blast them especially if you got all your blaster power-ups and kept those right yep yep and the vehicle stages for this game uh like click one stage like we're flying the Millennium falcon uh like through the asteroid field uh which is famous like in the movie uh and there's another, like another stage not from the movie uh like you're piloting an x-wing trying to destroy uh like you know cloud fighters trying to protect cloud city and that's what i mentioned to, to mention earlier in the podcast about that confusing confusing viewpoint because because half the time because half the time because half the time that you fly above the clouds or half the time for half the time uh you can fly below the clouds it's really kind of confusing trying to figure out 
going up and down between them is just like a very jarring effect because it's not like a specific because be the cloud because the cloud border uh, can really like you know can really like throw you off as it's like where you are so um, but so but overall I thought this game was better than the first game um, I appreciate I appreciate all the improvements through all the improvements um, few they made to the game with things like the force powers and double jump like a whatnot um, the password, the password feature, of course, like I said, like it's a godsend. Um, so yeah, I thought this game really kind of smoothed out some of the, 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 the smoothed out some of the smoothed out some of the rough smoothed out like some of the rough spots uh, that the original game had. I just I just wish I had to made it uh, like more difficult because because the first game was already hard enough as it is, but they cranked the difficulty up uh, for the, like this one like even higher. It, like almost like designers were thinking, well, we'll give you a password feature and we'll give you all these. Uh, 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 um, like, like new abilities, but we're gonna make it like ten times harder uh, to balance that out. So uh, questionable, questionable game design there. I thought. <laughs> well, I I go back to what I had mentioned earlier. I really think that they made them harder in order to keep people interested because the games are really the same game in slightly different environments. So I think they had to do that to make them interesting. Right. Um, speaking about changes, um, there are a number of major changes like it's made to the last game in this series, uh, Super Turn the Jedi. Also, uh, like again, partly to be able to keep things you know fresh and interesting because they fresh and interesting because like I said, these games all use the same engine, uh, and for, for the most part, they all play like pretty similar to one another. Um, so, like, like the developers again uh, added some changes. Like changes like this game to help to help to, 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 to help keep things interesting. Uh, this game is the longest I think of the three games. They added in some additional stages. Uh, they took a little bit more liberty with the game following the movie this time as compared to the first two because we're to, to, because this game in particular had some stages stages in it that there's stages in it that were definitely not even inspired by the movie. Uh, for example, like for example, one of the last stages, uh, like as Luke like actually fighting through the Death Star, left the Death Star like you know, to reach the Emperor, uh, which was not even, not even like, were totally different. Like how they, they're totally different like how things like actually happen in the movie. So, uh, they took the greatest design, uh, the greatest liberty I think in this game, with creating stages and, and, and events um, more loosely based off, loosely inspired by the movie. Uh, as opposed to actually following the events, the, the, the following the events of the movies, uh, which they had the first two. But the cutscenes are still very faithful, faithful to the actual movies, right down to right down to the same text being used. So that was still nice. Um, it uh, this game also features two additional playable characters. Uh, besides having like Luke, Han, and Chewbacca, uh, you also get the ability to be able to control uh, Leia in one stage. That can also like Wicket. Uh, the Ewok, like another stage, and the um, um, and the, Tim. I'm curious if you had the kind of same impression that I did uh, when you watch this game uh, recently, like on YouTube. Uh, doesn't the last stage like seem like very strange to you? Doesn't? Um, I, I didn't actually see that one. Ah. I, I, I on the Empire and the Jedi walkthroughs, the Empire one was like three hours long or something. Mm. Um, so I only cut through certain areas so i didn't actually see the leia stage mm. yeah this game's the longest three games i thought but uh yeah like you know it's weird because it's like it's weird because it's like it's weird because i give the developers kudos for, for kudos for like adding in like two additional characters um and they uh like both leia and uh, e uh, 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 
uh, like Wicked Handle, pretty faithfully to how they how they portrayed in the movies. Um, but for Leia's but for Leia's stage, uh, they're kind of again loosely inspired by events in the movie. Uh, like stage, like stage, like we get to play her. Uh, she's doing escape, uh, like from the actual, uh, like you know, um, uh, ship, like where she was. Like she's like prison by Jabba the Hutt, uh, so like she's wearing the, I you know, like she's wearing the uh, chain bikini. Uh, that was made famous like like in that scene, but that but that's not too bad in like in itself. What's really weird about the stage is like you know the moves and the attack she does. It, it's almost like watching like you know Trent Lee from Street Fighter, uh, because the except because the high jumps and the, the high jumps and the, the, the sweeping attacks that she sweeping physical attacks that she does with her arms and everything it's very it's very weird it's not at all like what you would even remotely think about like her abilities and powers that could be so it just it's very very strange yeah, it does sound really strange <laughs> I did see I did see wicket I saw the wicket level yeah wicket was uh, all right well he could jump yeah. higher than I could ever imagine an Ewok jumping, especially <laughs> after after watching those those old made-for-TV uh, Ewok movies. We watched one of those for the Star Wars Nerds Unite podcast, and oh I can't imagine <laughs> I can't imagine one of those Ewoks jumping as high as Little Wicket did in yeah. Return of the Jedi. Uh, so yeah, um, uh, uh, the Vigo the Vigo the Vigo stages the Vigo stages like this game uh, that include the Endor. Uh, a uh, speeder bike chase, uh, chase, which is chase, which is like very well done. Uh, the flames lost the Millennium Falcon, which you get to go to the Millennium Falcon, which you, uh, uh, would you, would you, would you get to control, uh, like control like the end of the game again, um, which is which is actually kind of a breather, I thought, because 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 you already mentioned uh, toward the end of the game, you have two very difficult boss fights, uh, like both like Darth Vader plus the Emperor, and it's like you know it's so hard to get past those bosses. And once you find to once you but like most games that would be it. But in this game, once you in this game once you actually get past the bosses, then you actually do the last stage of the game where you get to control the Millennium Falcon and actually do the actual the actual Battle of Endor. Uh, like first, like you know, shooting down Tie Fighters, like in the trench run, uh, to blow the Death Star. So it's like you know, it's it's challenging, but it's still easier to do that than it is the actual boss fights. So, so, so it's kind of like in, so, 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 like it's both a curious game design choice and also like a more relaxing stage compared to compared to the actual boss, the, the, uh, how much boss fights that you just like went through. Yeah, well, I mean, thematically, the Death Star blowing up really is the end of returning the jedi so true. that's probably yeah. why they did it true yeah that way um one last other uh one last other change i noticed like this game uh with luke's force powers uh he only has five force powers in this game as opposed to eight but the force powers that you the force powers are easier like him to use it it's much easier like him to recharge them uh, there's more power ups, power ups are uh, available to you in the game uh, to keep the, to keep it to keep it recharged. So you're using the force powers a lot more in the game, which again I kind of think makes sense. It makes sense in kind of like a theoretical sense because because obviously by the time of this movie, uh, his Jedi powers were very like very much more uh, developed and stronger. So the game does a good job a, a good job slightly reflecting that. Um, yeah, uh, so. Uh, 
that's basically all that, that this is like basically the three games in a nutshell uh, uh, uh these three games i thought are very very are very very well done to the movies uh they're very they're very fun platform games if you've not played them before in the past and you don't mind difficult games i highly recommend checking them out um i think emulation and stage states is probably is probably gonna be a way to go especially with the first game uh which is which doesn't have any password feature um, but if you enjoy challenging games, like if you enjoy the Star Wars movies, I highly recommend uh, you know playing these games because like you know I think they're a lot of fun and I think kind of get they get overlooked these days. So like it's very happy, uh, like it's very happy to have you in the podcast, uh, like me and Tim for a chance to be able to uh, uh, to talk about these to, to talk about to, to talk about these games and how good they are and how they how they are in the movies. Oh, yeah, that kind of stuff. It was, so. it was my pleasure. I love Star Wars. I'll I'll talk about Star Wars any chance I get. I was actually gonna I was gonna play the games some more as soon as we were done with the podcast. Do you have, I was I was digging. Do you have any final thoughts or comments or observations like about the games uh, like overall? Um, you know, uh, nothing that you haven't already said. Really, I mean, the games were were great. Um, I remember the for Super Star Wars, I went out of my way to make sure that I bought the Nintendo Power that featured it because it had it had the maps of the levels so you could actually see the Jawa sand crawler so you knew where the platforms were to jump. Cause and it's not just the sand crawler like on into a couple of the other levels. Some of the platforms, you're jumping basically blind so it was really nice to have those and also see where some of those hidden blaster power-ups were um, and hidden extra lives. So, yeah, I, I mean, this game definitely captured my imagination, and I played it a lot. And I actually, while I was replaying them, I was realizing how much I played of it and realized how far I actually got in the game. I, I was way closer to beating it than I thought. Mm. Yeah, I forgot to mention that uh, there are hidden power-ups that you can find like, in all three of the games, and it's highly, so it's highly recommended that you at least glance at a walkthrough uh, to like, at least tell you like where they are, because they really do help a lot, especially like the one-ups. Um, and I don't really like games overall as a whole that do that to you, but I guess kind of like in this way, I mean, it's like once you know where they are, it's not that bad, because like, you know... Like going along with the game, you're like, oh, okay, I have to go here to get this item and go there to get that item or whatnot. But, uh, but you know, yeah, just like, just like games, just like games where you have to like blindly to jump around or shoot or, or shoot or find hidden areas or whatnot. Um, it's very kind of discouraging because like it's so hard to find those items usually. But, um, but, but, um, to bunch of, to locations of the items, it's not really that much of a pain in the ass. You go to your set a great way to get them. So. At least is that so that thing they're going for it. Um, so yeah, uh, I didn't really get any feedback on these games, unfortunately, because like I said, you know, I, I so all these games are very popular. Like they first came out twenty years ago, um, a lot of people have not played them by any time recently. So uh, the um, uh, said, uh, sorry, Tim, do you have something said you want to add? Oh n no! Sorry, the uh, the Skype thing messed up for a second, so I thought I lost you. So I was going to ask you if I if I had you still. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I can hear me now. All right. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Right. You sound okay. great. All right. Okay. Um, yeah. So um, uh, so um, but if you want to check out the actual physical copy, a physical copy of like this game, like on eBay, um, and Tim, you might be able to talk more about this 
it's about this particular aspect than I can because because you know more about like you know Star Wars uh, as a whole as a franchise franchise as far as like you know like uh, collectors collectors items and items of pricing the pricing like that kind of stuff. Um, it's, it's, it's about my experience in the past that most Star Wars items, particularly, uh, I mean, particularly, particularly like the action figures like the books, uh, really command high prices. Uh, like that's like day and age. Uh, really like obscene, uh, insane, crazy pricing. Uh, for, like this stuff, you know, like in good shape. Um, I expected these games to just, like be a lot more expensive than they actually are. But we found them, so we found them for a pretty reasonable price to to read a price like online. Uh, especially I uh, compared to, compared to the Super NES games. I thought these prices were pretty average priced as far as like most of those Super NES games. They're, they're, to go these days, and usually, at, and usually, being connected, and usually these days, particularly to being connected with Star Wars, uh, I thought that would like you know like mitigate a price jump, but but maybe because these games were so popular that they were cranked out and uh, cranked down producers and produced such large numbers, uh, like the fact they are kind of like old or difficult and whatnot may have helped to keep the price down. Um, uh, what's your experience with like you know like recent Star Wars pricing as far as like items go? Like, were you a bit surprised that these games were could be had for as cheap as they are? Um, I, I'm surprised that the CIB, which I learned that what the term even meant, very, <laughs> just just tonight. Thank you very much. Uh, I was surprised that the sealed copies were as inexpensive as they were. Uh, but as far as the the loose ones, no, not really. Mm. I mean, there's so. Typically, when anything Star Wars comes out, there's so many copies of it that they're not really collectibles mm. anymore. So, so you you just buy them. Mm. You know, everybody buys them. So, so there's probably a ton of cops sitting out there ready to be snapped up by people like you and me. Yeah, that's a good point. I um, mean, you know, I imagine probably. Uh, like when I've heard like my limited experience listening to people talk about this and again Tim like you may be able to educate me more like at this point uh, I, It seems to, like, it seems to be a lot more difficult and a lot more expensive to find stuff that's produced during the original trilogy run from like circa 77 to 84 uh, Compared to everything else that was produced after that point because so, so by then Star Wars had become such a popular franchise and, and such a cultural phenomenon that they simply like you know like crank stuff out like in uh, you know, mass amounts compared to like the original stuff. The original stuff was like made at limited quantities, but that's very hard to find these days. I think that was part of the shift in in general culture, though. You know, back then people didn't, you know, collect things like that and treat them as collectibles. And Star Wars actually, I think, helped make that happen, where people kept things in the box and started treating them as collectibles. And just like with comic books, um, as soon as something became a collectible and started, they started saying it is a collectible, they're not worth nearly as much. So those those things that predated that where people were putting their Star Wars, you know, trading cards into their bicycle spokes, yep. uh, you know, those things are worth more because there are less of them uh, and people didn't treat them as better or as well. But now if you buy a set of Star Wars cards, you're lucky if you were to get face value for them and that's because everybody treats them nicely because mm. everybody treats things like collectibles so that's my thoughts on it anyway sure 
Yep, makes sense. Um, so yeah, uh, you can pick up a loose copy of the game, uh, card only, uh, all three games actually on eBay. Uh, average average price goes for around two to thirteen bucks. So if anyone wants a card of the game, I. Uh, you can snag up like copies of all three of these games like fly pretty cheap uh, uh like you know complete copies uh uh with a box and with a box and manual and the, and, and the game uh we're running around three you know, three to fifty bucks so again pretty average super nes pricing um the star wars name did, did not really crank up the price too much on this items i uh, thank god because super nes games are already inflated enough as it is the funeral right now so um <laughs> Um, let's, like, so, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, these games are, these games are, th these games have aged pretty well for the most part, I thought. The platform stages are still a lot of fun to go through today. And just the fact that games take so much and inspire the movies so much with the music and the sound effects and the characters and everything, that they're still pretty relevant and still very fun to play these days. The vehicle stages, the vehicle stages, like we said, are the weakest points of the game, uh, because of the respective viewpoints. But if you can just manage to get through that, the rest of the, the rest of the games and the rest of the games still handled like very well. I thought they're still very, as far as you know, as far as fitting to the franchise and uh, uh, for a franchise and fitting and fitting to overall Star Wars games. I thought these games still held up uh, 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 very well today. I still being like you know very durable, very very durable, fun Star Wars platform games. Um, there's not really too many other platform games out there as far as Star Wars just just as far as Star Wars games go. So. Um, like so, yeah. Um, uh, these games are like, these games are definitely definitely worth checking out. Um, you know, even not like a, uh, like even not uh, so even not like really like a big Star Wars fan. Uh, the um, and Tim probably like agree with me on this. Like I hope uh, the platform the platform and the the platform action and the gameplay itself is still like still fun enough, entertaining enough. Uh, to keep coming back for more. Partly because of the same difficulty level, because it feels so good, and we finally managed to like you know finish the top stage like whatnot. So, yeah, it's very gratifying to be, to beat the harder levels. That's mm -hmm. for sure. Um, yeah. So, uh, Tim, uh, definitely, um, definitely, like, definitely, it was a lot of fun having the podcast here talking about Star Wars games with me. Um, but you know, I definitely wanted to have a Star Wars expert, um, you know, on the podcast with me to help to, to help to educate the to help the, 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 the viewers and help to like help me to fill in some of the uh, some of the uh, some of the rough gaps and whatnot with my Star Wars knowledge and knowledge and everything because you know the franchise and the, and the history and the lore a lot better than I do. So, oh man, um, you're, giving, you're giving me way too much credit. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do much in, in educating in this podcast. Uh, I just love Star Wars and and I love uh, I love video games. Mm -hmm. I just don't get to play them very often. So this was really fun. Uh, thank you for having me on the podcast. So what's the name of your? Uh, like, what's the name of your Star Wars Star Wars podcast that you're doing and like doing right now? And um, and can you tell the listeners like a bit more about it? Yeah, sure. Uh, this podcast we're on the Retro Junkies Network um, podcast network, but we are we're kind of the odd duck. Uh, we really don't focus on the retro at all. Our podcast focuses on the new media uh, and the new canon that is coming out of the Disney owned. Uh, Lucas film. So anything that is, any, have you heard about this? Do you know about this? Yes. So, so we've basically gotten rid of all the continuity from what they call the EU, the extended universe. So the only thing that is in canon right now are the six movies, uh, 
Star Wars Clone Wars cartoon, the Clone Wars movie, and Star Wars Rebels. And then there's a couple books that have come out and then a, a smattering of comic books that have come out. And we're focusing on that media, although we did do our last episode was uh, us talking about Caravan of Courage. We wanted to do a little bit of retro for mm-hmm. you retro junkies. <laughs> uh, um, okay, and... Uh, okay, like sounds good. Uh, so, like, do you have any like future plans, like, or whatnot for the podcast for upcoming episodes? Maybe you can like tease us with or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, sure. The next episode is going to be Darth Vader number two. Uh, the episode after that is uh, going to be on the new Princess Leia comic book uh, issue number one. Uh, so we've got those two planned. Um, going forward, we're going to be doing a couple of the novels, I think. Um, but we are planning on doing a podcast on every one of the comic books that comes out each issue, each single issue. So we'll see how long that can last because there's going to continue to be more and more uh, <laughs> because because they're selling very well. So right. Uh, but you yeah you can check us out StarWarsNerdsUnite.com or you can find us if you follow and like Retro Junkies. Um, I've got another podcast called Comic Nerds Unite that. Uh, you know, was actually the original podcast and Star Wars Nerds Unite spun out of it as soon as Marvel started publishing the Star Wars comic books. Um, and we talk comic books uh, like crazy. Me and my buddy Mark Bolton um, uh, love comics, and that's comicnerdsunite.com. You can check us out there. So, what kind of comics do you cover, like in that podcast? Like all comics, or do you focus on like a certain, like, you know, like a uh, franchise or era? Well, we we're kind of different than most of the comic book podcasts out there. We're not Wednesday warriors, which is what they call, you know, the people that go every Wednesday and buy comic books on, on Wednesdays. We used to be, and we're kind of, we're older. So we've, we've grown out of it a bit. Um, so we mostly talk about collected volumes and we tend to focus on, uh, older stories and we, we do, uh, have a bit of a focus on kind of more indie books, things maybe not everybody has read, because we we want people to experience all these these amazing pieces of art that that are out there. So we, we talk about a lot of different things, and you know we're funny, and it's just it's just friends talking about comic books. So nerds uniting over comic books, just like <laughs> nerds are uniting over Star Wars at the other <laughs> one. So right, okay, yeah. As you mentioned, just like before in the past, uh, you know, like like you know the whole. You know, whole perception like of like, like like geeks and nerds has really changed a lot these days, like in recent years. So it's not quite as negative a negative, negative connotation like it used to be. So um, it's just like so yeah, calling a podcast that's definitely like a, I definitely like you know uh, thumbs up as far as the encouragement and the advancement like of that a uh, progression. So uh, kudos to you guys for doing that. Thanks, man. Appreciate <laughs> it. Um, yeah. So uh, excellent. I pre. Uh, like, like I said, like I said, Tim, um, I, I very much, I very much appreciate you coming on my podcast, the podcast to talk about the Star Wars games, uh, like me. Um, so uh, I, I highly encourage like all the listeners to like, check out the Year Two podcast also. Um, coming up next on the podcast uh, is still to be determined. I don't like to, um, I don't like saying that because I usually like to be able to announce what's coming up next. Um, but I've had a couple. Uh, uh, change of plans come up with some of the planned guest hosts. So I'm scheduled like I'm currently in state of limbo trying to schedule to uh, schedule things around. So I don't know who's going to be on next talking about what. Um, I you do. Could, you could do. It could be anything. <laughs> you, you, need be. To, you need to spin this around so it's more positive. <laughs> it, it could be anything. It's a mystery. Well, sky's, I, sky's the limit. 
Well, there are some there are some certain games I think are I think are more likely to be talking about than others, but I, separate again, you know, I don't really quite know at this point. Uh, I do hope to record next weekend because I just, or this weekend as usual because they, they're usual to because I try to record the podcast once a week. Um, keep an eye out on the Facebook page. I I will definitely post announcement there uh, when I finally when I finally do announce what the next podcast episode the episode is going to be. Um, but um, as always, you can check us out on the Facebook page. We also have a group page on there too. Uh, you can so you can send me a f- uh, feedback directly to the Super NES Podcast at yahoo.com. Uh, check us out on iTunes Stitcher. Um, thank you. I thank you again very much for everybody out there who is lending their support and support and, and listening to the podcast. And they uh, hope to see you guys. Uh, hope to see you guys again out there soon. And Tim, I uh, thank you very much again for being on the podcast. Uh, podcast with me. Uh, it was yeah, a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much, all. Um, fun as always. And have a good night. Yeah. May may the force be with you. Nintendo controls 80% of the video market. But no matter how you play the game or which game you play, things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man. Now you're playing with power. Deep power.